And welcome back to 216 Baseball, Cleveland Baseball Podcast. His name's Alex. My name's Paul. And if you guys are wondering what the hell this baseball team's doing right now, then you guys are in the right spot. Let's get into it. What's going on, man? How you doing today, brother? I'm doing pretty well. I mean, as well as I can be for, you know, being a fan of, of this team. It makes me want to jump off a cliff. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm really starting to question if I'm a masochist or not. <laughs> that's the only way that you could possibly put yeah, yourself that's like, like, like through this. Think Justify it any other way. I can't. Yeah, I think you're right. For whatever it's worth. Yeah. You just learn to so. love the pain at some point. <laughs> and I think that's where I'm at. And I think and, that's I the think that's definition of a masochist. Addicted to the whips and chains and the pain. And what was that meme that we tweeted out? You had sent it to me. Wasn't it like a pug on a, a pug in a Buzz Lightyear uh costume on top of like a stuffed animal and it was like it's the whips and the chains oh. and the pain that takes me to the, takes me to the rodeo uh, probably it was the most oh no most it was a it was a, they quoted they were quoting a garth brooks song oh yeah see i'm the last person that would <laughs> yeah ever alex know that does not listen to country music he actually despises country music which is that something is... that we are uh not alike on because i very much enjoy country music that is true yeah that's that's somewhere where we differ i mean we're very different and very similar people at the same time yeah but uh but yeah we're live streaming again here we are putting we are. ourselves into the out into the world and and doing what we can we're happy to be back um we tried yeah, we got a lot to we, talk about man. but i'm excited recording just in case we were to do anything we were hopeful we were going to do something so we put it off a yeah. little bit on top of me working like crazy. And uh, yeah, it was just dick punch after dick punch after dick punch. Listen, we're just two stupid kids trying to figure it out in the world. We're not. We're, we're grown men. But yeah. well, I, I will yeah. say this. I mean, I even wouldn't though, say I'm very smart. But. You're smart. Don't, don't talk about yourself. The, like our, my, my concussion history came up on the podcast. Spoiler alert. Uh <laughs> Our buddy Quincy had me on his podcast. Uh, I, it should be coming out sometime this week, maybe Ooh, next. Whoops. But, Sister um, pod people are asking, question mark. <laughs> if it is, there is like a Disney version of us, and yeah. then there's us, if that's uh-huh. true. Uh, Quincy right now sweating, listening to this, like, mm-mm, we're not affiliated. But we, uh, <laughs> one of the things we went over, somehow my, my concussion history came up on a topic, and... Uh, I was like, ask Alex. He can he can attest to the sheer amount that I've had. And I haven't even. I mean, you got a few of them since well after high school. Obviously, yeah. I feel like that's the majority. Even so, yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, I had three but, in the span of one year. 
Yeah, that was kind of scary. Obviously, were you in Italy for all those? No, or was it, that... was, it was while I was stationed on the ship. A uh, a car accident, a uh, falling down a, a a ladder well on the ship, and a uh, a, <laughs> uh, a situation where I got pistol whipped. <laughs> <laughs> and in case you ever want to hear that story well make sure you we'll tell that story if you can validate that you've told 10 friends about the podcast that all listen and download an automatic yeah or follow the show and leave a review maybe that'll you be say, another fireside chat episode where i tell that story paul's life i say this all the time and i mean it this is not to be funny this is me being as raw of a person as i can okay just laying it out there is a movie. Now, it's a movie that he doesn't really necessarily want all the time, but from someone sitting in the seats eating popcorn, it is a movie. Yeah, it's almost like uh imagine if if Jackass had a story plot. I would say that's but like accurate. they weren't trying to do yeah, that all the time. Yeah. Well, no man. What are you going to do? I told him but I'm I will still say here this. breathing, so what more can you ask for? That's, I guess, all you can ask for, right? Day in and day out. I will say this, though. While I'm really frustrated uh, with the team at this time, and a lot of people have you know, uh, a reason to, to be frustrated, don't let anybody tell you differently. And most people aren't saying that. It, I am still hyped because it's so much better than going through lockout news. Even though I'm frustrated with the way things are going, I'm still pumped to record because I get to talk baseball with you. It sounds so cheesy, but like we're going to talk about real things where we can go back and forth and have opinions and just like talk ball. Like, you know what I mean? It just, it still does something something that I brought up uh, earlier that let's be honest with ourselves here. You can complain all you want about them not doing anything. It's not going to change anything. You're not going to. Yeah. I'm. T- I promise you now, the Dolans aren't scrolling through Twitter saying, "Oh, hey, look, they really want this guy." That it's not happening, right? Uh, a philosophy that I've used in my in my life up to this point, whether you can say it's smart or not, is, I mean, I can't complain. It doesn't help if you do. So. There's nothing. Sometimes that it's nice, though. It, I mean, it's therapeutic, yes. But there's there's some people on Twitter that I've seen. I'm like, all right, man. Like, none of this stuff's personal to anyone. Like, they're not going out and signing, uh, Kyle Schwarber or or Anthony Riz. They're not doing that just to spite you. You don't need to take any of this personally. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> it's not. I I I moan and complain, obviously, but. It's just because it's frustrating, but at the end of the day, I mean, it. What's going to happen is going to happen. And I'm, and after a couple people moved that everybody knows, you know, like after Matt Olson and Winker both moved, like that's where I died a little inside, mm-hmm. and I kind of knew then I needed to start hedging my expectation. You know what I mean? I was like, okay, time to time to immediately bring them down to earth. Assumed that we weren't going to do a lot in free agency. We were, it was going to be more trade stuff. Where we have seen and that's why of, those hurt. That yeah, oh, that and we have seen a lot of trade stuff go on, but there's still more people on the table, baby. Like, yeah, they're you, dwindling. I'm you not going to lie. Know what's going to happen though? Like, he, it's not over till the fat lady sings. Fucking true. Trade deadline's not for another couple months. Yeah, 
There's a lot. There's a lot that can happen. Yeah. Um, I will and say, still, as time goes where, on, that list right is now, thinning heavily. Where we're at right now, we we still put out a decent team. If our pitching, uh, like, our, we've always been. If our pitching can dominate how it should, we're still putting out a decent team. Uh, like we talked about, Jose, top five player. Fran Mill's gonna mash. Fran, he's he's gonna hit. You know what I mean? Bobby Bradley, yeah, especially if, Bo- if he's healthy. Yeah, if Bobby Bradley can heat up like we saw flashes of last year, hmm. Josh Naylor will be back. Watch him take some live at bats, and he was looking smooth and clean. Austin Hedges, mm-hmm. defensive monster. Uh, anyone that's listening, right? If you have Instagram, Alex doesn't because he's Alex. Um, but Austin Hedges got married in this offseason, and his like one of his wedding videos he posted on his Instagram, obviously. And I love that photo. Austin Hedges' dad threw a little jab at him. Where he was like, uh, yeah, he, he pretty much, I'll sum it up. He's like, yeah, he can't hit, but tonight he hit a grand slam, like talking about him marrying his now wife. Ah, he's nothing like, he worse than roasted by he's your like, dad. Yeah, he can't get the bat going, but, uh, but even, even watching Austin Hedges, like, I listened to, I listened to an interview from Zach Plesak today, uh, talking about working with Austin Hedges. And like, as much as we talk about how his bat isn't it, defensively, the guy's a dog. Mm-hmm. And then just the type of person he is in that clubhouse, I love it. I like he—he's. You've heard me talk about it before. He's just like a man's man. I love watching him. I like. He seems like a guy I'd like to go get a beer with. So I, I can Listen, deal with. He talked shit to Miguel Sano and told him to get in the fucking box. Yeah. Um, I would fall into his arms any day. Yeah. Of the and week. then you got like, Miles just- Straw, who who's Miles Straw is going to be Miles Straw, baby. Um. And then whoever we platoon and left, if we put Josh Naylor in right, or if we him and Bobby Bradley swap, we're gonna we're we're, we're still gonna put out a team. You know what I mean? Uh, or we're forgetting about uh, Ernie Clement and and all this stuff who who showed out last year. But um, so we're, like we're still gonna put out a squad. Like yeah, we need a couple pieces, but it's not like we aren't a dumpster yeah. fire. We're, like people are acting, no, we're not. People are acting like oh yeah, we're. This is the worst guard, or it's going to be the worst slash best guardian teams we ever seen because it's the first. But like they're, it's, they're saying, like this is going to be the worst team Cleveland's put out on the field ever, which isn't no. true. Oh, if anybody says that, listen, yeah. I've been I've been complaining a lot, but you're right about drawing it back for context. Is like we still have a squad and the yeah. amount. But here's the what's frustrating: of prospects we have, like. Yes, it'd be, oh, yeah. it'd be cool to get like someone for like the next two, three years to kind of fill this gap in while we're waiting for these guys. But look for look towards the future. Like it's bright. We're shining bright like a diamond. Like it, it we're we're still gonna compete. We're, we still have Tito who's gonna elevate these guys. You know what I mean? You, you can't undervalue that. So I, I think that some people are are rushing to conclusions real fast on us not making any deals when when we still have guys to put out there. We're still going to field a ball, a ball team, and we're still going to compete. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and so I agree with that. And you're really good at like just just level setting. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I can be good at that, but I will say I had to reflect a little bit. I was like letting the last couple of days ruin my mood. I yeah. mean, like not not like how we joke, like truly putting me in a foul mood. Like I have a baby on the way next week or really any day now and life's great. The weather's changed and it's like like 
just step back. You know what I mean? Where you just, where you just get too wrapped up in it. And it's like, all right, don't let this put you in a foul. It's like life's bigger than crazy as it sounds. And like, I think that's part of the reason why I don't get super into like the, the numbers, the analytics where I'm more of eyeball test. I'm more of, I watch the game. I enjoy the game for what it is. The look, the Guardians are going to um, the Guardians are going to throw out there who they're going to throw out there, and I'm going to enjoy watching them. Like uh, uh, you know what I mean. So yes, it'd be cool to watch them get a big name like a Matt Olson or a Freddie Freeman or a Anthony Rizzo. It'd be dope. But at the same time, uh, they're going to put out there who they're going to put out there, and I'm still going to watch them. I'm still going to root for them. Still gonna get up and, and tie your shoes the same way and go to work tomorrow. Yeah, like it, it's here's the thing. Like I'm, I'm still I'm still a Guardians fan, and I'm going to root for whoever they throw yeah. out there, and I'm going to enjoy watching them. Mm-hmm. So the one thing that I would say, and you're 100 right. I want to give you all the credit. Um, the the part that's hard, right? Because we're such passionate fans, and we love the team so much, and we invest so much of our time and energy and just you know this is our thing and everything you said is absolutely correct about the team and what makes it frustrating is how much better we can be with like three things Mm -hmm. and that is where the stem i don't think in a vacuum the frustration is fomo a little bit and it is but the idea that we're right here we are two or three things away that are so plausible and are reasonable to expect to suddenly be in the fight for the division Mm -hmm. and teetering on that you know oh my god if you just did this one thing you would unlock all this other is where so much of it stems from for me it's just if we were a 70 win team last year and five six five or six moves away or a couple coin flips coming up heads and a great year and no injuries and a bunch of moves and maybe we go 500 the energy would be different about where are we at but our window is opening back up right now and the fact that if we make a couple good moves on a payroll that's 50 million which is like 75 million below average payroll yeah okay we could easily be making impact moves to win 90 games next year and start competing for the division when the rest of the division is also getting good and guess what next year the year after that watch out because our top prospects are coming up george valera is gonna be here you know what I mean? Rokio will be up here. And the fact that that how like exciting and how terrifying that'll be for everybody else and that we can start setting the stage with a reasonable reasonable amount of money being spent and trading in on some of that prospect capital that we have to do something with is where the, I think the angst, at least for myself, comes from. It's like, if you just do a couple things, holy crap, it's going to be so much better. You know, and that's yeah. where it's like, oh! I, I also think that some of these deals that people have been making, not the free agent stuff, the, the, the trades and whatnot, I think people are coming after George Valera and, and Rocchio yeah. and stuff like that. And the Guardians are like, no, we're not getting rid of, we're, we're not giving them up. And mm-hmm. don't, don't give them up. Don't don't yeah, sacrifice there's... tomorrow to to win right now. You know what I mean? Because yeah, as much as we've talked about how uh, young guys get 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 kind of hosed in Major League Baseball with with the way that teams can control them, it doesn't change the fact that teams do have control over these guys. We're going to have control over them for a couple years. So why why 
why trade them to win this year or next year when you'll have control over them for three, four years, right? And you can win for three or four, ne- like in the future instead of winning one right now. So I am fine with them not doing trades, not giving those guys up or, or not offering up crazy amounts of money plus people for, for stuff. So I'd also don't want to take on a fucking someone's big ass payroll. You know what I mean? I, I don't want the team to do that. Yeah. Someone said in the chat, uh, anyone but Valera, they're open to trading, um, especially, you know, our middle infield prospects. And hey, I agree. For me, the unmovable is basically Valera. Now, he's really the only one that I like highlight bold is truly untouchable. The next in order people that. What'd you say? I said, I'm going to sip out of my kid's meal cup. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Right before this. Anyway, uh, but the. Um, Espino is up there, you know, a top pitching prospect that everybody that, you know, is is looking at this and evaluating people that are much better at prospect stuff. That's not what we bring to the table. We can understand the game, but people that are experts are like, dude, this guy, you know what I mean? Like, don't like basically make him untouchable. He is going to be something. Don't get rid of that's fair. Don't get rid of uh, Bo Naylor. Which no one's going to trade want want to trade for him, but in a couple years it's going to be. The yeah, trade. I mean he's not untouchable. I mean he's not as deep of a prospect as you think he is. He's Here's, not even ranked right now. He's but not. But he he's has also the in low A ball, or I think he's in yeah, high A well, ball now. But he's in he's in double A now. But, but still, it, he's he's our he's our future catcher. I'm telling you right now, he's going to be our future catcher. And I hope he is. The other one that then as we get down the list of people that it's just like, oh, God, I really don't want to. And like it would hurt, like truly hurt is like Gabriel Arias. I really yeah. want to see what he can do. Just there's something about him. And then obviously Rokio's up there. Um, listen, I haven't done enough evaluation on them um, is, you know, to know for sure. But. I know Rokio is in that like Valera kind of kind of class, yeah. and but to me, I really want to see what Arius has and Valera. But you got to make big time moves, and and we'll we'll see. What, um, what what hurts me is seeing everyone else in our division make moves, and just the yeah. level of competition that's going to be in the AL Central this year, and us mm-hmm. just kind of throwing out the same team while other teams are potentially getting better. Because who knows? Maybe these guys that. Are, and it's also something that with major leagues or professional sports in general, you could show up next year, and especially baseball, you could show up next year and you could slump all year long. Yeah, you know what I mean, true. So people not, get hurt. Here's the and- thing: just because uh, someone signs like a, a Kyle Schwarber or a uh, Matt Olson doesn't mean that they're going to go hit forty home runs or. or or show out and make a huge difference. It, it, there's mm-hmm. a good chance that they will, but it's not a guarantee. So, yeah, who, who knows that if any of these guys go to these teams and and make a huge impact right away? Yeah, and, and that's where you build a team. You know, it's it's a brick house. It's it takes 26 guys. It's not you know one person. That's just not how how it works. And and you have to have depth, and that's what wins and wins championships. And and we're poised. It's just you know we gotta 
We got to make some moves. They will. We have 14 middle infielders on our 40, man. We are going to make moves. I know that. My biggest issue is, and we're kind of hitting all the meat up front, which is probably better, right? Good conversation. Um, But my biggest problem is there were clear A-tier players that would make the most sense. Olsen and Winker. And then you build a, you get another B tier piece next to that. Those are gone. Now there are other A tiers that are like moon, you know, long shots and they're dwindling. They're they're basic most of them are gone now. And unless something happens out of the shadows that's crazy, you know, Brian Reynolds, for example, um Starling or uh Cattell Marte, excuse me, people like that. But trades are where we it makes the most sense for us. Um and the people that, you know, just fit so well, it almost makes too much sense. You know, they went elsewhere. So then I just worry about scrambling and kind of at the end of the day, putting a couple B tier or B and a C tier kind of person. And then it's like, yeah, we got better, but we didn't extract the value as much as we could have or hopefully would have, you know, kind so of like let, plan let B or, or plan C. All right. In, well, in 2016, in in our fielding, we had what A tier players did we have? Frankie and Jose, Kluber. I, I, I'm saying fielding, not pitching. Oh, sorry. Um, Frankie, Jose. Um, God, I can. Why can I like hardly remember the team? I can picture it a little bit because I, I mean I can argue and say that Carlos Santana, not A tier. He's though. not A tier. He's a yeah, fucking dog, and I love me Carlos Santana. Love me <laughs> yeah, some Carlos you, Santana. To be clear, I would die for Carlos He's Santana. He's not an A-tier player. <laughs> yeah. Rajay Davis, not an A-tier player. No. Hot boy, though. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. No, and I know. I, I know that. But this team isn't going to do it that. You know what I mean? So you're right. It can be done without it. But it's just tough when we have all this capital. It's time to push in a little bit. But you're right. You're being a voice of reason. And and I've learned I need to take a step back. I need to start evaluating. I had it in my head. We were going to... Oh, someone said Brantley. Michael but Brantley, he was hurt yeah. for... Yeah, he was hurt for... You want, I could cry all the time thinking about the fact that if we had either Bauer or Brantley healthy oh, for the World Quincy, Series... I don't know about Kipnis being an A-tier second baseman, buddy. Love me, Jason Kipnis. I wouldn't say A-tier. Maybe, maybe Jason, low B. In... Tw- in 2016, that wasn't that past his year where he had an out of body experience, as I like to say. Yeah, 2015 was his year that he just hit like 600 in June. I remember going to a game and he put up an 811 OPS in 2016. Wow, 109 OPS plus. I still 23 don't know. home runs. I still don't know if I uh, call B, him an A tier. B B B. Yeah, B B plus. But I thought about Kipnis, and then I kind of was like, yeah, but. You know, he was Which, helpful. Again, love me some Jason Kipnis. Big Kipnis fan. Yeah, he said, quit, he said, coming into the year. And that's fair. Coming off of 2015. Yeah. You know what I mean? He had, he snapped. So that's true. But what, what I'm It what can I'm be done to, other ways. What I'm it's trying just, to get at is A, teams have done, done more with less than what we have right now. Wait, what? Teams, teams have done more with... Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, all right. Teams have done more th- with less. Second basemen are bad. Yeah, they <laughs> usually are. I agree with you. But uh, Quincy in the live chat. Ayo. Um, but 
I don't. Yeah, I know. So uh, I'm it's still just, it, not. Listen, I'm not ready to decent, jump ship yet. No, and I'm not jumping ship ever. I'll complain all day and it. But here's the thing. Plan A's are plan A for a reason. And we had a couple different plan A's. And I just feel like we're going to end up with a plan B or a plan C. And it'll it'll help. But that doesn't mean that it was done the best that it could, obviously. And and that's a little disappointing, but sometimes it doesn't always uh it doesn't it doesn't work out as well as it, it should, and that's life. And but who's to say I, that I, some of these young middle infielder prospects don't don't develop into corner outfielders. You know what I yeah. mean? I mean Nolan Jones is blocked. You know, maybe he plays right field. Yeah, and like, we figure that out. You, you see it all the time that people you, you just throw, like you're like, oh, I want this bat, or or oh, wow, we we want this guy up here. We don't know where to, but the guy starting ahead of him is better. Think think of Bryce Harper, right? I use it. I I talk about it all the time. The dude was a catcher his entire life. He got to the Nationals organization. They're like, hey, guess what? You're gonna play in the outfield, bro. Yeah, and you, and, and you learn. Right, it's at growing up in in baseball, right, from little mm-hmm. league to middle school to high school. People play all over the place. You know what I mean? You're you have primary positions, but you have to fill. People get sick. People get hurt. Excuse me, but you, you at the core of it, you're still a baseball player, and you still know how to play every position. And you're still there to do a job. So who's to say some of these young middle infielders don't develop into a left fielder or right fielder? We'll see. I mean, we have internal options. And, you know, one way to look at it, super optimistic, I know some people have been saying, is that, hey, um, if they don't make a lot, it means they really believe in their farm system. And and that's great. And that's two things can be true at once. You can believe in them, but you can also just improve your team and not, you know, run a poverty franchise at the same time. They're going to make moves. I know they will. We'll figure it out. But we have to make some bump. It's right there for the taking. Even if we're not going to be World Series contenders this year, there are real options. You know, you own a major league franchise and they're going to make some moves. It's just not the way, you know, life's about pivoting. We we get it in our head. It's going to be this way or that way. Um, and guess what? Life is a winding, winding road, as you and I both know. Yeah. You more than me, no offense. At times, um, and yeah, I've been pistol whipped. Yeah, <laughs> <true>. <laughs> yeah, God, that is just that is the creme de la creme. Sometimes but I, we, I uh, go, I sit there, and it's mostly people like see the scar and they're like, "What's that?" I'm like, "Oh fuck, yeah, I'm an adult man that got pistol whipped." <laughs> yeah. Oh, your life. But, you know, it, at the end of the day, I I have to get back in there and do some research on kind of, hey, 30 of the options we thought might be, you know, in play are gone, but that doesn't mean there aren't 30 more. It's just different from what I kind of thought. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see what they're what they're into. But now, good. is there I think anyone good that you state we, of the could, union. we could trade for where you'd be willing to give up Valera? Brian Reynolds, maybe. I don't want to, though. I, I mean, I really don't want to do that because you're getting a an outfielder with four years of control who's a stud. But I mean, then you're giving up the idea of, you know, someone that's supposed to be, 
Here's the thing that's tough with prospects, and it's going to be slightly unpopular opinion, even though it's completely logical and true. So pat myself on the back before I even give my opinion. We people overvalue prospects, but that's a double edged sword. If you get rid of all of them and you never take a shot on that, you know, you're going to have to open up your checkbook. You're going to get a ton of terrible deals and you're going to basically be, you know, the Red Sox. I'm not saying they can't develop people, but for a minute there, they were carrying more dead weight than Mm -hmm. LeBron James on the Lakers. Let's not forget that the Red Sox have Blaze Jordan in their farm system right now. And that is terrified. Yeah, absolutely. But so you you have to absolutely use your prospects and get excited. That's where the majority of your talent should come from. And the smaller market teams and people that do very well are just a pool of talent that it gets developed. I mean, it's a whole quality of organization from top to bottom. And the Guardians do that very well. We know that, especially with pitching, right? But a prospect is just that. It is a prospect. They have done nothing in the majors. They could be the biggest flop ever. There are number one draft picks in the entire draft that literally I could go back five, six years and go, Hey, have you ever heard of this? You'd go, huh? Who's that? 10 years ago. You know what I mean? They are not a given. So it's balancing that line without blowing up the farm. Also selling. Couldn't you say that about trading for someone or going to get someone in free agency too? You can, but you have a much higher probability of future performance. If you have, you know, a couple years of very consistent performance. Mm-hmm. It's, you can expect future results, but that's the thing. Then do you blow up someone that could be a star that'll cost you league minimum for six high-end prospects? I don't know. I'm just making something up to get one guy that, again, is not as much of a coin flip. You expect him X amount of, you know, level of performance. But then what if he kind of has some down years? What if he gets really hurt? And then that is obviously the balance at all times. And it's a fine line. There is no right answer in general. I think people prospect hug a little hard, but I don't want this to come across incorrectly. We absolutely need them. You can't just blow up the Mm -hmm. farm. We're just finally at a place where we can let some of them go. And I think we all know that, but it, if it was easy, Teams would trade away everybody for nothing. It's not. Yeah. It's going to hurt a little bit. It's going to hurt. It's just figuring out the guys that are unmovable. Valera's up there for me. I mean, I don't think I would move him for Reynolds. I think I would. I think I would throw a Spino in there and trust the rest of our system. So you know what I mean. That's it, something we do it, so well. Another question would be, and, and the, this guy in chat made me think of it: Is the longer we go without signing anyone, are you? Is are, are you? Not happier, but are you willing to take someone less and less? Like a, I know you were against Jock Peterson. I wasn't. I'd still be super fucking excited if you signed Jock Peterson, or, or like yeah. a Ian Happ. Like, would, is the the longer we go without signing anyone? Are you? Would you get? Like, imagine a graph, right? You got like a little graph here. Imagine mm-hmm. like, like skill and, and and excitement, right? And like, yeah, I think excitement here, is to. Is it like the longer that you go, the more excited you'll be about less? The longer I go, I'll still, I would be more excited. Are you saying 
I will be more excited because it will be something because yes. I have to wait so no, long. We're still yeah. adding something. And, and No, it's the exact opposite for me. Really? It's the exact opposite. Yeah. I will not let this team off the hook of mediocrity. I, I absolutely will not let them off now, the hook. Now, here's the thing. I, are Ian Happ and Jock Peterson mediocre to you? Thank you for asking that question. I would like to go on record as clarifying something slightly. I came in real hot the other night on Twitter <laughs> on Jock Peterson. And even I tweeted out like, I came in a little hot on uh, on Jock Peterson. And I, I've been on um, record on the podcast saying I would be super fucking excited about Jock. Can I, I, am a, I am human. Okay. I make mistakes. While I am not overly excited and think that I, well, I'll, I'll get into that in a second. Okay. I mixed up for some reason in my mind. I thought he mashed lefties, which is obviously a smaller percentage of, you know, the pitching population and is super, super niche thing for him to do for us. He mashes righties that changes things. So no, in my lens of things, even though I said I came on a little strong. Even after that tweet, I still hadn't realized that he mashes righties, not lefties. That's why I was so frustrated. I'm like, why is everybody caring about this? You're going to get a worse defensive. He's worse defensively than Mercado, which is one of the few things he does. And Mercado does hit right-handed pitching. Um, right-handed. Left-handed pitching. Excuse me. Um, and I would, But in my head, Jock does that too, right? And so I'm like, what? Why would we... Why, you know, let's not let him off the hook. Well, it's righties. That would make a difference. You could have Mercado play against lefties. You could have Jock play against righties, which will be the majority of the time. And we also know, I'm on record, and this is just true, I'm not really looking for a ton of defense in left field. I don't want you, you got to make plays, but I don't need you to be Miles Straw or Bradley Zimmer. Yeah. I need you to just be serviceable. I need your bat. And, and but the, the more that I've thought about it, right, if you get a Jock or an Ian Happ, right, and you, you throw them in left, you have Zimmer and and Naylor and, and maybe Mercado. Zimmer's gone, buddy. You got to say Merc- <laughs> one. The first outfielder outfielder we signed, Zimmer's gone, buddy. You so so right now, is he on our team? Right now, he is because yeah. we haven't gotten anybody. That's what I'm saying. So <laughs> as of right now, if if we were to field a team today, Bradley Zimmer Bradley Zimmer would be on it, right? So that's all I can go off. Yeah, of. I can't I can't predict. Yeah, the that's future. fair. That's fair, right? Well, so, you were just saying if we signed well, Jock. Sorry, I didn't mean to be pedantic. Yeah. So, I, but in my head, we're still just giving up. Uh, like, okay, let's say we do get rid of Zimmer. You got Mercado and Naylor split in time and right, or or you have Mercado and Jock split in time and left, and and you have um, you have Naylor and right, and and who knows? You you yeah. still have we options. have a lot of options. Yeah, we have a lot of options. So I want to go on record as saying I actually am fine with getting Jock. I I am. I but here's my problem. I do not want him to be the move and then we sign some journeyman, you know, veteran minimum contract for somebody else and they call it a day. That is unacceptable to me. He needs to be a complementary piece to a larger piece. A Trevor Story at short, which is a pipe dream, but you know, let's believe for a second if they made some big move. You know what I mean? He needs to be secondary at the time to like a Winker or Olsen, who we know are obviously off the table now. He needs to be secondary to getting Cattell Marte in a trade or uh, Brian Reynolds in a trade. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if we get Jock on top of that, that's great. 
what I don't want is Jock in like a C, C plus player. And then they're like, okay, yeah, see, we, we did some stuff. He's still going to be an improvement and it's nothing against him. It's just like unacceptable to me. Like, come on guys, we get, we got to do more on the subject of Ian Happ. I'm fine with him, but he's going to be beat here. You know, he's a big slugging guy. Um, not a lot of average OBP will be decent strikes out like a mofo, which is tough. He plays a lot of positions, but I don't really care about that personally. I'd rather you just be very consistent offensively right now because we have so many utility and, you know, guys that play multiple positions. If we didn't have that, it would be a bigger thing to me, but I couldn't care less. Like, but his defense is actually probably a little better than the analytics show based on eye test and just kind of like doing some research. His ceiling could be higher. He's worked with Chris Faleka, our new hitting coach, so there's some comfort there. And if you get him, I hope you do a two-for-one, and you get him and Wilson Contreras. Wilson Contreras would only be one year, but good Lord, could you? what an upgrade for us. Um, you know, we... we uh, that would be huge. And so if you pull off an Ian Happ, Wilson Contreras, and then you sign Jock Peterson... Okay, now you greatly upgraded catcher, which is an offensive black hole. You have, you know, jock for however now, many now years. Now, here's the question. And now, now, not to cut you off. I'm sorry. but No, you're fine. But, Please do. I'll keep going all day. But um, now, like you said, our catcher is an offensive black hole. And it, th- we've had this debate so many times. I don't want to bring it back up. But if yeah. you... If, Defensively, he's a god. So he's a little thing. god. If, if you sign some more... If you sign some bats, right? And and you can throw you can you can put him in the nine hole and you don't have to like you you can kind of hide him in your lineup or or put him in the seven or eight hole wherever you want to put him right. If you have more bats, I'm fine with putting hedges out there every day. Yeah, where where that's not that's fair. Everyone too. in your lineup doesn't have to be a masher. You know what I mean? Like yeah. at, at some point, you have to put out a guy that's a defensive stud. Oh, absolutely. So if, if we have some bats that we can throw around, and don't get me wrong, when when Austin Hedges hits, when he's on, he's on. You know what I mean? We, we okay, yeah. Let's let's dial it back a little bit. He's got some power in. That's there. That's what I'm saying. But on for him is not on like when Yu Chang had you know Barry Bonds. <laughs> uh, you know, so I, I really have to check you there. He he offensively makes me want to throw up, but defensively, who man, and it, it's just again, it's something you cannot that we have talked a f- about when we when we were talking about this before the lockout and stuff. We have yeah. a new hitting coach. Who's to say this hitting coach doesn't come in and just maybe well, maybe Austin Hedges meshes better with this guy. And maybe he starts seeing the ball better, or maybe this off season he got PRK surgery or some bullshit, or or, or yeah. something. Contact and stuff like that you can work on. Yeah. You know what I mean? There, there's like defense you can work on, but behind the plate there's stuff that some people just have, and and Austin Hedges is one of those guys behind the plate. Well, behind the plate, he has a skill set that you can't just teach somebody. And offensively, I mean, it's, it's talent. You can work. You can get in the cage and you can work on it. You you can you can sit there do T drills. You can do soft toss drills. You can take more live VP. And 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 who's to say he doesn't come back and he starts seeing the ball better this year? You know what I mean? So, you I know, at least get the average two hundred or. That's something. what I'm saying. So maybe that's why I think that I'm so. Pro well, I wouldn't defense. want to kick him to the curb. 
It's just if we got Wilson Contreras, you could use him more days than not. Or in the seventh inning, you know, anytime you have a tight game, you just slap Hedges in there immediately. And, you know, he Mm -hmm. going back to it all so that we can kind although this is all great and very important kind of state of the union. We haven't hit a single thing in our notes yet. Which honestly, I don't care because this conversation's been better than anything in yeah. going through the notes. It's it's important and probably what people actually want to hear. Um, the summation of the moves and what that puzzle looks like is just going to dictate how I feel because right now, you know, Plan A and a few different routes of that are done. You know, Jesse Winker plus one other player. Oh my god, we're so much better out the window. Matt Olson plus B tier player, you know, Jock Peterson equals holy crap out the window. But that doesn't mean that there's not another way to put the puzzle together. Yeah. You know, is it Ramon Laureano plus an Ian Hap Wilson Contreras trade plus bringing back a journeyman reliever that maybe can do something? Is it trading for Austin Meadows from the Rays plus an Ian Hap Wilson Contreras or maybe just Ian Hap? And maybe we get Ramon Laureano from the A's like. Until it's all said and done, I know that I have to just. There's only just one trade breath. that I would literally be like livid about, and that is if we went and got Gary fucking Sanchez. <laughs> yeah, which isn't going to happen. I will because at first we thought they were going to shop him. I which we'll get into. Would be yeah. fucking heated. I would be yeah. so goddamn mad. Yeah, I hate Gary Sanchez I- with a burning, fiery passion. He's definitely a punk. He's the exact opposite of what I like seeing in catchers. Austin Hedges is what I, I I don't like. Obviously, I wish his bat was better, but what I love seeing in catchers. Gary Sanchez is a defensive nightmare behind the plate. Yeah, he's basically your worst like nightmare. Yeah, he's my. (laughs) Here's the thing: it'll never happen. You know, the Twins said we're not gonna. They're not worried about it. Uh, You know, they're not gonna move them, and they plan on keeping them. Plus. Uh, he just nothing about him. I do think the guardians do a decent job about just kind of characters and, you know, what kind of people come onto the team for the most part. And I just, I mean, that whole added, everything about him meshes with nothing about how our organization runs and, and just the people in it. I just, regardless of if people were shopping him or not, there's a 0% chance, but rest in peace to all of us for having to watch fucking Javi Baez and, (laughs) Gary Sanchez for 19 games a year each. I really like, hope Franmel punches Gary Sanchez in the fucking mouth. It would be incredible. Yeah. And then I hope he I hope Austin Hedges also punches Javi Baez in the mouth. Although someone did say, and we were laughing about this the other day, the best part about Gary Sanchez being in division, Miles Straw is gonna steal 60 <laughs> bases off of Gary Sanchez. He's so year. fucking bad. Yeah, he's Gary Miles Straw is literally gonna steal. He's gonna steal first base somehow. He's gonna yeah. be the first person in history to Did steal. Did you hear about the rule base. change that they tried to make on a, on a uh, so if if a batter pops up a foul ball behind home plate and the catcher drops, I think that is that an experimental rule. I think so. Okay, we'll get to that. It's in here. Okay. It's in here. We'll we'll get to it. But state overall, I'm calming down a little bit. It is still very frustrating. We'll go through individual deals oh, here I'm, in this I episode am of Chill AF right now. Yeah. Super you're chill. 
yeah, I'm I'm good. It's just it is frustrating and disappointing and unacceptable. But there are the things to be done that can turn it around. Just not how maybe drew it up. I but do want to answer it, Yikes' question real fast that that he asked about how we feel yeah. about uh the the article that said we were in rumors for Trevor's story. How how's that make you feel? Does it make your loins stir a little bit? <laughs> Um, I mean, yeah, the idea that we could get Trevor's story would be that out of nowhere, holy crap thing that will, I mean, think about what that does. Like, let's, you know, instead of okay, so you know, he, role playing he, yeah, this he later, moves into like, your, he moves into your shortstop spot, right? Well, I'm just saying tonight it's a Trevor story, you know, eight for eight for 180. I don't know what he gets, right? How do I feel about that? I pissed my pants a little bit. He's an incredible shortstop. They went out. They spent the big bucks on a big name. You have a premier shortstop again, which we were so used to with Lindor. You have a masher. I don't even care that we have too many middle infielders now. Like Trevor Story just shows a willingness to go for Would you be willing to get rid of Valera for Trevor Story? If if the Rockies... Well, he's a free agent. He's a free agent. Oh, is he? I thought thought the Rockies still had a year of control on him. Nah, nah, he's a free agent. Now, let, so. okay, well, let's say this, right? We we signed Trevor Story, and someone hits us up for a corner outfielder, and they're like, "But we want George Valera." Are you okay <sighs> with that? Because you got someone like a Trevor Story. No, I really want to see Valera, but that's where I would dip into Espino. You know what I mean, and that's still so. At, at that point, would you would you want to try to move Valera over to second base now? Oh, he's an outfielder. I thought George Valera was a, a short a middle infielder. No, 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 he's an outfielder. Okay, well, that's why I'm I was like, idiot. wait, what does George Valera have I'm to do idiot. with any? Of I thought this? he was a middle. Infielder no, you're good. This entire time. No, he's an outfielder. Um. But no, I mean, in that scenario, yeah, we could get rid of Arias. It's painful, but like you have Trevor Story. And behind it, you still have guys that like Richie Palacios plays second base, I believe. And you have Brian Rocchio. So maybe they can play short. You have Andres Jimenez, who could move to second base or can play short in an injury. You have, I'm trying to, I can't even remember, Tyler Freeman. I mean, we have more people that can play shortstop and second base than we obviously know what to do with. 14, to be exact, on our 40-man. Um, but I mean, just thinking through the story thing, think about what that shows that we're willing to, we're not just Cleveland. Oh, they never do anything like that. That would be like, Oh my God, do I think it's going to happen? No, but that think about the goodwill you'd get with fans because they have done a terrible job. Terrible yeah, the, job. Well, let, let's, let's bring this all around back to you literally just rebranded your whole team. Yep. And you obviously have resistance from the old, you know, right. the old regime you're, and you're, people that are. Literally, what was it? Eight, how long ago did they, they announce the name change? Like six months ago? Well, we're three months into this year. So, yeah, six, like five, six months ago. Six months ago. We'll say six. Six months ago, you announced a name change, right? Three months ago, you you launched your logos and your uh your logos and your uniforms then we went into lockout obviously not not, not a lot's going to happen right we've been out of the lockout for over a week now or no just under a week right no a week yeah i think yeah. a week to the day i think it was last um, wednesday i think 
No, it was Thursday. Yeah. It was Thursday, so just under a week. So you, and you still haven't done anything. Yeah. Now, I am not a marketing genius. I did not go to school for marketing. But my little Neanderthal brain tells me, <laughs> oh, you make this huge decision to rebrand your team, remarket, all this stuff, right? Yep. Go make a splash. You're, you yep. you you change your name to something similar to Indians. You know what I mean? The, yep. the, the, the last four letters are all the same. The logo looks pretty much the same. You, you're, you change. You, well, the diamond C, but yeah, well, I get, you know I what, I get mean? what you're saying. It's you, the, the script logo looks the same. The colors are the same. The, the name sounds pretty much the same. Guardians, Indians, they're very similar. You didn't change a lot, right? Kind of just seems like you're half-assed doing this and you're just doing it to say you did it to to check off a box and make some people happy. Yep, even though the people that aren't going to be happy are going to be pissed regardless. Exactly. You know what I mean? And you're never... So this, we'll draw it all the way back. You know, bottom line, if the team is winning, people will fill the stands up. Like if they're 10 games above 500 in June, people are going to fill the stadium. They don't care what they're called. They'll get over it. They might bitch and grumble. Oh, I'll never call them anything other than the Indians. Yeah, they're still going to buy tickets and they're still going to show up. But if we're winning and we have a very hot product on the field, I promise you none of that will matter and people will fill the seats. Yeah. So that's on you to make sure. That's why it's such a like mind-blowing thing of like you should absolutely if, be doing if this you're, go for if it if you're rebranding my brain says fucking go for it give the full send you know what i mean change the name to something like the fucking the i was very on on on, on record saying i wish they changed the name to the steamers and change their logos <laughs> yes, to were. match the cleveland browns right be the fucking cleveland steamers or some shit you know what i mean like Change the colors. I liked the spiders. Yeah, like I mean, like I wouldn't have died on it, but I did like the spiders. Change the color scheme. Change, change, do a whole bunch of shit. Or, or if you're gonna do a half-assed rebrand where you barely change the name, barely change the logo, uh, don't change the colors at all. You know what I mean? Go out there, make a huge splash, and, and get someone massive. Yeah. Listen, again, they've put on a work. I was just telling Taylor we were eating lunch today because, you know, oh, we're so cute. We were eating lunch together today and um, she was asking me about some of it. And I'm like, God bless you, because you know what you're about to get into, <laughs> get yourself into. And she I we got into it and I'm just like they have put on a master class like a college should teach a course on how not to roll out a major rebrand of a sports team or just anything and then use us as a case study it's been absolutely embarrassing yeah you should be going for it you have a minority owner coming in that's going to give you an influx of cash you want to get goodwill if the team is winning and performing well people will come back and all that stuff will fall to the wayside if you give them more of a reason they'll eventually come back don't get me wrong but it's going to be more painful and string on longer than it needed to. If you give them a subpar team to, to complain about yeah. it, 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 that'll be the first thing that they're, this is a team that the sign fell off the new team shop the day it opened, like no good juju whatsoever. Like it, it's Jobu didn't get as painful. Yeah. And I would like to point out, we didn't do a single thing before obviously the lockout started. So that's why it's extra painful. Yep. This, this is going on for a while. We didn't do anything and the market's moving rid fast. of people. Yeah. And we didn't even get rid of the people we wanted you to get rid of. 
So I don't know. Yeah, that's that's the state of the union here. Good discussion, though. It even though it's frustrating, it's it's it is fun. It's like ugh, it gets the juice. Like talking talking shop, like legit things to talk about. Yeah, no and, more and since, lockout since news. We've, we've like we've talked about last episode, and and even more so now. The amount of growth that we've had is nuts, and, and thank you guys. But um, yeah, last when, episode when, the most popular ever, fir- and it hasn't been out a week. When we first started, we t- we told ourselves. We want this podcast to be how you and your friends would go to a bar and talk about Cleveland baseball. And yep. and that's what we're we're sticking true to. We we're 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 keeping that on brand. We want to be able for you guys to sit down and and even if we don't have the same thoughts or ideas as you, we would like it we would like to, to think that you could be able to come on here just some random person we've never met be able to come on here and shoot the shit with us and be able to talk shop with us how we are and that that's kind yeah. of what we go for and um yeah let's just have some fun and we want to listen first and foremost for me is let's have fun but it is me getting my snooty opinions out about baseball as well that like we want the quality of information is there i will will it to be there but also let's have some fun and like let's laugh let's not take things too seriously we're going to complain more than we should sometimes. I know I will. And other times, you know, Paul will draw it all back and make I us am. all take a deep breath with his beautiful mustache and his bush light St. Patrick's Day looking shirt. It is. A and bush his hot boy St. backwards Patrick's hat. Day. Listen, don't at me. Nobody can rock a backwards hat like Paul does. Literally the most not try hard backwards hat I've ever seen in it's my more comfortable. Life. Plus, this hat looks weird forward. Tell me it doesn't. Wow. It looks honestly like. Yeah, like it looks good forward, but I don't know your business. Then I'm like, oh, I gotta kind of like look him in the eye backwards. I'm just like, what's up, dude? Like, what's <laughs> fucking going on? So anyway, let's get into some Guardians news. We got some fun stuff here. I'll, I'm gonna do the first one just real quick. It was just cool on Thursday. You know, we had recorded the baseball is back, and then so some of this will be trailing through. It was just cool. Cleveland Guardians put a statement out. They said, you know, they re- that MLB and the PA reached an agreement that they're extremely appreciative of all the key stakeholders, especially their fans for the patients. They're confident that the new CBA is good for the players, good for the guardians organization, and most importantly, good for the fans. Um, It invests in our games, exciting young players allows us to make the game better on the field and create an even better version of the sport. Now they shift our focus. Now we shift our focus to where it belongs, the field of play and celebrating everything that makes our game great. And in the near future, they'd be communicating to existing ticket purchasers and their fans regarding procedures for the impacted games and the home opener, which will now be on April 15th. Thanks for the patience. Can't wait to see you at Progressive Field. Nothing too wild there, but it's lost some steam now that it's almost been a week. But in the moment, it's just like good to be back. Baseball's Let's back, go, baby. baby. Um, and this next one is all you just because yeah. it's just fun. So uh, the Guardians tweeted out a uh, a picture of... All the hot boys of uh, of of the Cleveland Guardians rolling up uh, to um, Arizona to get part, like start participating in spring training, and uh, the picture is real small on my screen. It looks like it's Tristan McKenzie, J Ram, Please Sack, Shane Bieber, Please, yep, and uh, just vibe. And the other one looks like a coach. Yeah, this all just. But they very stereotypical, like locker room, like going into it for a game, like just goofing, new boot goofing, new new baseball season it's goofing. Just, 
<laughs> it's just uh i know that's a country song so or that's in a country song it's if not. i'm not mistaken it's from it's Reno 911. Damn. damn well i'm familiar with the phrase at least damn i thought i was gonna impress you there yeah no but not at all. it's just good to see the boys just give me a little chills um guardians perspective also on friday tweeted out um that the guardians non-roster invitees were uh right-handed pitcher robert broom uh, right-handed pitcher Eniel De Los Santos, right-handed pitcher Justin Garza, who obviously was with the club last year, left-handed pitcher Kirk McCarty, right-handed pitcher Nick Mikolajak, I believe it's pronounced, who, which people were informing me on Twitter last night that this guy is apparently like a, everybody better watch out. He is not going to be name killer. something. Mikolajak, if I were to step in the box and and – Nick Miklajak was pitching to me, I'd be shaking in my boots. Yeah. But people were informing me that he is like a basically not, you know, no miss prospect kind of thing for us. And it's going to be straight gas from him. Left-handed pitcher Adam Scott, left-handed pitcher Alex Young, who's with the club last year, catcher Sandy Leone, catcher Bo Naylor, mm. catch Mike Riv- uh, Mike Rivera, outfielder Will Benson, outfielder Oscar Gonzalez, and outfielder Daniel Johnson. Which I'd so, love to see Daniel just, Johnson up there, big Daniel Johnson fan. Uh, there's just something about him where I'm just like, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, give me some Daniel Johnson. And then uh, on Saturday... Um, we learned that the Guardians had signed. They made a signing. Woohoo! That 31-year-old Luke Maley, I believe it's pronounced, um, is a catcher, and they signed him to a minor league contract. And we were all in the heat of you know being pissed off at the time of not doing anything because we thought all these deals were going to explode. That was like, okay, yeah, this is not the time. And so everybody thought, you know, okay, okay, you know. Uh, it's just it's just a minor league deal, whatever. And then we learned out, no, it's actually a major league deal. It's a nine hundred thousand dollar contract, which in real, you know, in hindsight is or in reality is peanuts. But it did mean we had to make up a forty man roster spot for him because he was going to be there. And uh, I got excited. I thought Zimmer was going to get the bump, but you can also move players to the sixty day IL. Um, and there was somebody I can't remember who. I thought you'd think it was Naylor, but it was somebody else other than Naylor. They moved to the 60 day IL and that made room for Maley. So, and this is real time. There's nothing else that's going to develop on catchers. Um, Frustrating. You know, he's a borderline triple a catcher who was with the, uh, who was with the, um, yeah, with the brewers. Yeah. He was with the, was it the brewers or the, cause the next guy, we got another catcher that we're going to stash there. Wasn't it the Brewers? Yeah, it was with the Brewers organization. Twenty, yeah, twenty twenty one. He was in Brewers organization. Okay, gotcha. Um, oh yeah, it's right there. My bad. And uh, that's why I'm here. For. You know, that seems to think that they're going to run out hedges every day. Which defensively, again, you can't want for anything. But offensively, it's just like <laughs> I really want Sean Murphy from the the Athletics, or I want Wilson Contreras. And I mean, Sean Murphy is really that would be awesome. And punt this guy to the curb. They may still do that. You could use it in a, a trade bait. You know what I mean? Where you get a cat, we get a catcher like Sean Murphy from the A's, and then we give him Luke Maley just to get him out of town. You know what I mean? And we move on with our life. But it's just, you know, not what we needed. That uh, let's just put it like that. But well, this he's guy on the forty man. Stud. Probably not because he's thirty one yeah, and and hasn't really seen any time. But yeah, 
as of right now, we would open up the um, we would open up the season with Hedges as the starter and you know the the primary catcher, and then Luke Maley. But we'll we'll see what happens. And then on Sunday, real fast, just on the subject of of catchers as well, we learned that the player to be named later that needed to take place from back pre lockout um, when we traded uh, J C Mejia, the reliever, the plumber as I like to call him, even though I liked him in a reliever role. When we traded him to the Brewers, a uh, player to be named later was part of it, and that randomly just came into fruition. <laughs> just on randomly on Sunday in the middle of the afternoon, it was like, oh yeah, we're getting another catcher, David Fry, uh, from, again, the Brewers, and that was the player to be named later. So uh, Guardians Baseball Insider, who does a great job at official GBI, said, hey, Cleveland grabs an older catching prospect with some interesting skills between power and versatility. And they said, Fry should be in AAA with Lavastida. So we need depth because, again, we are buddy. Sorry, buddy. Uh, we are booty, butthole naked at catcher. We have Bo Naylor in AA. Lavastida, who, hey, that's great. We got, I guess, Sandy Leone down there. And then now we, you know, it gives us some options for people that, we will or won't keep, you know, we, we got a little bit of flexibility to keep some depth there. You know, if things go sideways on us. So that is about it. And then also on Sunday, we, you know, we got the, the rumor from John Morosi, who's an MLB reporter. Um, and you got to take some of the stuff with a grain of salt because when reporters start their own or teams can have reporters start rumors to put pressure on and make artificial pressure for players to sign, or they might say we're interested in someone else. So don't worry, we have other options. If they're working with another player and trying to get him like, okay, you better pull the trigger yeah. or you know what I mean? That's, but on Sunday is when free agent Jock Peterson was drawing interest from Cleveland guardians. We talked about that all, you know, at the top of the episode and clarified my position a little bit there as a secondary piece. It'd be great. And then also on Sunday, this was at 10 15 at night, some guy named Mike Rodriguez, who I had to double click in. I had to click into his profile. I had to validate that he had any credibility and it wasn't a, you know, fake account stirring stuff up because people have been doing that tweeted out that the Yankees, Cardinals, Astros, and Guardians have reached out to the two-time All-Star, Trevor Story. The Cardinals were showing a lot of interest. So that, in case you were wondering, got the boys buzzing. Like, ah, like SpongeGar yeah. meme, like, ah, Trevor Story. But I will say so, that, that the Cardinals make a lot of sense for Trevor Story. Go there with Nolan Arenado, a, a guy that you played with for a long time. um, And... and Obviously, a very player-friendly clubhouse, an organization, in a baseball city. But God, my my little my little boy pussy would be wet if we got Trevor Story. Well, you just think about how much that just excites the whole. That's the type of move that just excites the whole fan base and yeah. brings in like, who's this guy? I mean, it's that like holy shit move. So holy moly, bad man. Yeah, holy moly, guacamole <laughs> as a as a. Um, librarian once told me but that's that's a story for another day god bless her soul I don't think I've and then you you take the one from yesterday this is all you so cleveland guardians tweeted out the authentic jerseys are now for sale in team store be sure to bring a towel to wipe the sweat off your brow first off cringy very cringy and yeah and, a little cringy secondly 
don't look too much into it. They are they are like the authentic jerseys, but there's no names printed on the back. They're just blank jerseys. You can't get names yeah. put on them. Yeah. Which I went there and I looked at it, and then it kind of really pissed me off. Wait, you're saying you couldn't buy a player jersey yet? I don't player know. Player jersey, 100%. The only player jersey you can buy right now is a one of the gray Shane Bieber jerseys. Really? I looked okay, right I'll before we you. started recording this. All right, then I'm not even going to type it in anymore. Because, but it's fire to see. It, they're still cool to see the. Yeah, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Design. Right? You've had three months, right? To get to get hey, player jerseys. I'm not going to defend them. Three yeah. months. I'm not going to defend them. I'm not going to. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, let's be honest. If it's, you're going to buy a jersey, a you're not buying a jersey with no name on the back. That is true. I guess I didn't even think that through. That like, do they expect people to buy it? I looked at it more for the design as all. Like, it's yeah. cool to see them, even though I don't think there's anything really new here. It's still like, mm, okay, cool to see. They are dope. Big they hype. They do look really nice. I'm not, I would not even think about buying one until they start actually selling player jerseys. Yeah. Oh, a- absolutely. Um, on Monday, it was kind of cool. Ken Re- Rosenthal, who is one of the most reliable reporters um, in the game, said Guardians are a team to watch. Deep Farm System ranked number eighth, number eight, excuse me, in Keith Law's rankings, as well as some financial flexibility. And said exploring high end and mid level bats at outfield position and first base, as well as bullpen help with preference for multi year control among teams in the mix for athletics first baseman Matt Olson. So in that moment, uh, we all pretty much just pooped our pants. Yeah. I'm just going to be honest. Like, that was the validation, especially a day after some random person that I guess is credible, you know, tweeted out about us at least talking to Trevor Story, which, listen, every team checks in on basically everybody because you got to know the price. And if it's good enough, you might do it. So it means nothing. But this was validation of like, oh, shit, real G's moving silence like lasagna. Yeah. You know, like we're we're moving in the shadows. Um, so we're all waiting for something. And then a little later in the day, we get a thing that, Cleveland Guardians hired Neil Huntington as a special assistant of baseball projects. And Guardians Baseball Insider provided a little bit of, you know, uh, context and said that he was previously Cleveland's um, assistant GM. I'm assuming that's what AGM stands for before he took over as GM in Pittsburgh. And now he's back in Cleveland. So that's great, but uh, you know, I tweeted it out and I'll stand by it. Not really the signing we were looking for, even though I'm sure <laughs> Neil is a is a great it's a big guy. old cock tease. True, and actually later that day too, um, someone had clarified. I forgot I put this in here that it's Carlos Vargas who headed to the 60 day IL to make room for Luke Maley on the 40. Okay, uh, you know when I was saying I couldn't remember, I thought it'd be Josh Naylor. Sorry, it was Carlos Vargas. And then do you want to, I want you to like, I don't know, just walk me through what you're seeing here with the next thing after that. The, uh, after the Carlos, Var- the Carlos Vargas thing. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to, uh, Yowinski Noel is, uh, standing behind a large specimen and Bobby Bradley in a picture. They're, they're both fucking big. They're both big boys. But to see young Kenzie Noel be that much bigger than Bobby Bradley is terrifying. <laughs> Yoansky Noel. Look how big he is. He's 20 years old. 
This man was born in 2002 at the at the latest. Oh my god, you're right. We're getting old. We were talking about that the other day. 2002. Maybe, maybe he was born in, in, in 2001, right? Yeah, because he might turn Man, 21 I... this year. But still, that is a big motherfucker. Yeah, he is a big Imagine boy. him. Bobby can't... Bradley is not a small Imagine man, and he is towering Bobby Bradley, Yoansky Noel, and Franmail Fran all coming at you. Yeah. And then there's Austin Hedges, like those real scrappy one instigating all of it. And yeah. there's three True. big black friends come backing him up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. No, but they are they are some big. I mean, he is a. They someone said he's literally a specimen, yeah. and he is a big boy. Um, and then also on uh, God, this is still Monday, right? Yeah, a lot happened here. Um, Nick Camino tweeted out that. And really, this is everywhere, but the Guardians will hold their first full squad workout on Tuesday. So that was, you know, this Tuesday we just had. So just exciting. And then, yeah, yesterday. And that's just it's just cool to see things progress. Like baseball is back. It was that weird period where you're like, you know, it's like if you break up and get back together and then it's kind of like, hey, how do we go about doing this? And that's kind of what it is. It's like baseball's back. It's so exciting. And it's like, now what? And it's starting to feel a little more normal. like. Okay, yeah, this is how baseball works. You know, we'll get rid of the lockout PTSD and try and enjoy ourselves. Yeah. Um, and Tuesday, though, some good news was that Tom Withers from Associated Press said Bieber expresses hope he can get an extension done with the Guardians. Right-hander reiterates his love and respect for the organization, which you love to see it. Just the willingness, the... Um, yeah, just the attitude. Yeah. You know, someone that that loves being in Cleveland, that wants to play there, that's obviously a study, one of fucking Cy Young. So, I mean, just all of that. And an all-star MVP, all don't that. forget that. True. When he won a Chevy something or other, right? I think he, yeah, I think it was a Silverado. Yeah. But, I mean, that just gets, that gets the juices moving. Another key piece that, you know, may probably get, you know, kind of have, it would have to be a hometown discount of sorts but someone that loves the organization yeah. and and I don't think you have to come out and say something, you know, I hope I can get an extension done. You could just not say anything. You could just not never say this. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm being naive, but it feels cool that he said that. Yeah. It feels very sincere. Let me get this next one because Yeah, I was going to uh, believe me. That I is read this. All I, I I read this earlier on on Instagram, not Twitter. I read this earlier. And as I Loki kind of teared up a little bit. So yeah, dude, this is all yours. Josh, Josh Naylor wrote a, a uh, wrote a letter. Um, it was more of a th- it was an interview that he gave. But this is what he said. Hold on, let me. I had a burp that was brewing. I wanted to get it out. <laughs> but he said, "You think you can play or do 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 do? Yeah, this is the right order. It felt like that yep. was not in the right order. I got you, King. You know yeah. I put it. in the You right think order. you can play again? You think your career is over?" Or you think you can't play again. You think your career is over. It's just a test from God. I mean, it's like, how can you come back from this stronger? How can you use this as motivation? How can you use this to inspire other people? I feel like everyone fights demons with themselves. Everyone has these demons in them. And everyone has something they're fighting in their mind. And mine in that situation was my leg. I learned to just be positive on my own 
whenever those negative thoughts came up with what had happened or the play ran through my mind. That's how we make the world a better place. Smiling. Everybody smile. Be happy. It sucks. Days suck. They could have been worse. People are struggling in this world, and it's a blessing that we can do what we do. We will go through those rough times in life, whether it's doubting yourself or you feeling like you're just not believed in enough by people. This specific situation brought me to the realization that I'm the only one who should believe in myself and who should care about that. Who should want to be as positive and look at life as a great thing? I feel like every opportunity you get in life is a blessing. It's always a blessing in disguise. Chills. He's just a guy that like... God, I fucking love him. Yeah. I. I here's the thing, and I'm going to be a little... Not negative, but... He's just the God. I love him. His his ceiling. I think he just creates so much good buzz and like stuff in our hearts that like how can you not fucking love Josh Naylor and want him to play on your team? If you look at what his ceiling is, it's not as high as we should all probably be honest with ourselves. But I don't care. I want Josh Naylor on my team, and I hope he just snaps. It's, like, that's just it's the on, that's attitude. Honestly the same man. way I feel. I feel about. Trust me, I feel that about Josh Naylor. I also feel that about Austin Hedges. Yeah, those are two guys that like I see them in my clubhouse and I'm like, you know what? I had this saying for one of my old captains. You'd run through hell in a snowsuit for. Yeah. True. I mean, I knew when he got went five for five off Garrett Cole or at least four of them in a playoff game. I was like, yep, this is the guy. (laughs) (laughs) And he's just like just the energy and and the hair attitude. Oh. The hair is, he's just, he's one of those guys that you need them around just to keep everybody loose. Especially and just like, like even when, when, when kids are going through slumps or, or, or a, a, a pitcher's not, not making her hitting his spots. You can just hear Josh Naylor from fucking right or left field. Just like, Hey, it's going to be okay. I promise. Yeah. He's just, uh, he's, but he's intense too. Yeah. Like he's not just like the happy, he's, he's not, not a, just, he's the, not a goofball all the time, but. Yeah, he's not just a Clevenger kind of like peace hippie. That's not his energy at all. It's just like, he's just a human being you want in your life. Like you would want to be friends with him unless we're severely misreading him, which people that are close to him in the game and just everything says that he is just as good as we think he is as a person and just a human being. And you need guys like that on your team. He like you bet on guys like that. So I, uh, yeah, just a great guy. I knew you would love that. And then some more good news. Okay, which, sorry, uh, did you see Josh Naylor, his video at BP in the cage and stuff, just smoking bombs? Mandy Bell, the beat reporter, like, took pictures of, he hit, like, three or four out, and uh, someone someone was watching him work in the cage. It might have been Daniel Johnson, and Josh Naylor is just cooking these balls. Now, again, it's just just BP and, you know, or soft toss and stuff, but... Uh, it was just funny because Daniel Johnson's watching him and someone's videotaping. He just crushes one. Daniel Johnson's like, I thought he was going to take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, uh, I don't know. It just gets you, gets you pumped up. It's that just reminds cool. me. Did and you then, see the video of Ronald Acuna Jr.? I didn't. Usually I do. Holy he's a shit. Freak. This dude, obviously what happened to him last year. Was it him in like the Dominican or no, whatever? No, it was during spring training. It was during BP, right? He hit the ever-living shit out of a ball. And he turns around and goes, 
I'm back. <laughs> yeah. I love the energy. That's like Jose took batting practice yesterday against Plesak, and there was a video of it. And please, he got Plesak into a 3-0 count, and then he threw him a meatball. Jose sent it to the moon, and then as soon as he dropped his bat, and he goes, bye-bye, and he waves <laughs> it. <laughs> he waves it to, he waves to Plesak, like, bye-bye. He just, he's like, see you later. And he just walks back. And even, uh, even I think it was Fran Meal was on camera for that one, and he was like, damn, <laughs> or something. I mean, he cooked it, and so... Yeah, uh, it was just funny. Baseball is such a fun game. I know we got to keep it fun, and Naylor helps like push that forward. Um, and then right before we started recording, like I literally screenshotted this. Holy shit! Like as we were, what? Oh, that was you tweeting it. Yeah, it was. Just relax. Um, <laughs> All I saw yeah. on my phone was a tweet that Alex awesome. sent out on our account. It, it didn't say you sent it out. All it said was a tweet. It said, Austin Meadows, you are a Cleveland Guardian, or you are a Guardian. <laughs> yeah. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. But just before, as we were scrambling to get in here, uh, Paul Hoynes, who's you know a writer, I think, for the Akron Beacon or one of those local papers who's been with the, you know, covering the team since baseball was fucking invented. Um, and he bootlicks the owners so he can kind of blow me. But uh, he said, Terry Francona said that Ahmed Rosario, who played well at shortstop last year, that's that's not true. He had like negative eight defensive runs saved, which is like fifth worst, seventh, seventh worst yeah. in baseball. Um, amongst all defensive positions, played at least a thousand innings. But what do I know? Uh, we'll bounce between shortstop and left field this year. That will create playing time for Cleveland's fleet of prospects at shortstops. Or perhaps, ooh, a trade or free agent signing. Which, listen, this is how it always should have been. So we're giving them bonus points for something that you should not get credit for. But hell, yes. When Antonetti or whoever was like, you know what? He's earned the job at shortstop. I was like, you can jump off a bridge. Because (laughs) he, like, his bat was what you want from, you know, a non-premium offensive position. You know, high average OBP's decent, but no real power, and he's fast. So, hey, that's great. We need players. But, like, he's the definition of what you should stick at second base or left field and let Andres Jimenez do his thing or any of our million middle field infield pro- middle infield <laughs> prospects. You made, you, so, made, you made someone real sad with that tweet. I did? <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. So, yeah, desire, of course. Um. Anyway, so that's let's we'll we'll get through some of the MLB news here. If you listen to and we love you, if you listen to the first version of the hot stove part one and all that crap, we got real deep. We're not going to do that here. We talked about what's important. That's Cleveland baseball, baby. And honestly, Paul, I'm going to pat us on the back. That opening segment, well, that was that was from the heart. Yeah. But th- Thursday, um, some more stuff is leaking out about some of the CBA rules. We have a ton of signings and things, although it took until, what, like Saturday or Sunday? Even like Monday yeah. for things to finally start moving. And I'd say since Monday, it's finally really popped off. On Thursday of last week, uh, MLB, Evan Drellich, who did an amazing job. We need to give credit throughout all this to the amazing reporters. feel like we got to give him credit. Evan Drellich said MLB can implement rule changes now with a 45-day notice, meaning in a single offseason, rather than the prior one year's notice, there will be a committee to discuss rules with six league appointees, four player appointees, and one umpire. 
but that means the league has more votes, so MLB has the power. So, you know, that's kind of interesting. We we thought that was kind of in there based on, you know, back when we were negotiating and things were flying back and forth, but it's a lot of power to give up, honestly, that MLB kind of is going to have a simple majority right out of the gate on implementing rule changes. Um, and it just has to be done, you know, in a single off season. So things are coming. Yeah. Changes are coming. Um, and then just some clarification, Mark F- uh, Feinsand, who is an MLB reporter as well, uh, tweeted out on that, you know, we talked about it last episode when we were all hyped and, you know, did the shorter baseballs back um, about that rookie of the year getting service time and crap. And it, apparently it says top prospects who finish first or second in their league's rookie of the year vote will receive a full year of service. Teams that promote top prospects to the opening day roster will also be eligible to receive draft picks with top three rookie of the year or top five MVP or Cy Young finish. So there is a lot more to unpack there eventually. I mean, what? how do you define a top prospect? You know, who? what ranking do you use? Because obviously, you know, what, George Valera is like number two on one of the lists or number yeah. three. And he was like unranked on a couple or 120 now, on another. Question, so, right. At, at some point, these guys are going to be on an opening day roster. So what, yep. what is it just before they have a full year of service time or is it, is it? Yeah, I think it, I think they you know guys like a Wander Franco that you haven't been calling up or anything yeah. that it's time to give them the call that you know they're like number one in all of baseball or number one in your system. But again, they're going to have to further define this. What list do you uh-huh. use? What what is the golden standard? It's a very subjective thing. Scouting, um, but it is cool. It's not it's not perfect. They still have a lot to make progress on five years from now when we do it again. But um, the fact that you know get some service time for the young guys and not just overly manipulate. And it should theoretically help. Well, you know, teams want to promote them if it's their time. So they don't just stash them because they would at least get draft picks, but we'll see. I don't think it's going to be that, that, uh, that effective. And then also on Thursday, uh, just validation that 12 team playoff is happening. I think we forgot to mention that last episode as I was kind of reflecting. It is 12 team, which I'm happy with. 14 was going to be too much. We'll let two more in. Um, you know, it's going to happen. This also opens up. This also opens up the lane and conversation for, and you know, expansion teams. Yeah. So that's kind of exciting. And uh, there will be advertisements on for the first time on jerseys and decals on the batting helmets. So how do you feel? About that's that? just even more. I don't really care. I think if you think you care, you're just getting upset about something. Basketball that doesn't really does matter. it, and it doesn't change a fucking. You thing. literally don't. Yeah, it doesn't change anything. So, like, really, be upset about something legit. I really want someone to get something hub to to have an advertisement on a helmet. Well. Write a strongly worded it'd be letter. Funny. That, that'd be, it'd be it, funny. It would be. But that's just more money that they get, which is fine. But just a quick reminder that they are also going to bring in revenue, not just from expanded playoffs, but from putting all this stuff on mm-hmm. it. They're going to make a shit ton of money. So nobody sympathize with the owners. Um, this is what's really interesting. This is really cool. This really gets I, my I rocks get, off. 
Okay, I want to get you as a baseball player. I want to get your thoughts on this. It was tweeted out by a guy named Jared Diamond, and it came out from more people, but he's the first person that surfaced it. One interesting nugget in the new agreement. Starting in 2023, the schedule will feature fewer divisional games. So not this year, next year. And every team will play at least one series against every other opponent, including in the other league. The exact format's still being determined. I love this. Yeah. My my biggest this, thing for this This is how baseball should be. It balances the game way more than just you playing a weak division. Well, because hockey does this. I think. Yeah. Maybe. Baseball used to do it. And I so believe. what I, what I will say is that it it promotes small market teams more because you they're going to more of the country, more people are going to see it. On top of that, um, when it comes to like playoff time, I mean you're not going to see some of these teams to the World Series, but now at least you know how you match up against with them a little bit more. Yeah, excuse me, and. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I like the seeing division teams less because, I mean, you see them 19 times. So I guess how less is what I'm asking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they're still your division rivals. You still want to see them as much as possible because in those games, anything's possible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anything is possible. And division games, it, those are the games where you see – each other multiple times a year so so you know each other and and the players have beef from prior series or or okay you see this pitcher 19 or you see this pitcher four times a year you know you hit them well so i'm curious to see how many fewer times you're seeing division rivals yeah yeah, and that's going to be determined. Uh, I mean, you're still going to play it more heavily, but I just love that you're going to, that we'll see all, you know, sh- every team will get to see Shohei Otani. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or like play against their team or Mike Trout or, you know, Fernando Tatis Jr. is having wrist surgery and out for three months, which is unfortunate for baseball. I wouldn't wish that upon him, even though, you know, he's not my favorite he's guy in the world. Yeah, uh, he's real good, but he's got to get that defense in order. But, um, they're not be such oh, a fucking well, charge. <laughs> but I, you know, every we're gonna get to see every team. It'll balance it. You know what else this opens up? Besides expansion teams with the playoffs, this also makes room for that and rebalancing, in my opinion, of divisions. I think it will happen. You think so? I think when you add the expansion teams, this is like a step in the right direction of reshuffling okay so every you know you're not going to be stacked as heavy in your division now with the amount of games so you could you know reshuffle to you know five what is it going to be five or seven what to be seven divisions of no that can't be right sorry four eight divisions total of four teams each right i mean that's what football is uh I, sorry that math was we've been talking for a yeah, while that's how four it'll be eight divisions is. total so four the teams exact same thing as football so i'd be curious yep. to see if maybe they they i don't think they'll lump them into the same same demographic as football because football has the thing where if if you're a team in the same state you're you're in or baseball has it where like us and the reds are in different leagues right but the the Browns and, yeah, the, and the Bengals and are, are in the same division, so I don't think they'll they'll do it the same way like in match football. But I'm curious to see. But how if they you read the tea it. leaves a little bit, I think that 
one, the playoffs and just in general, Rob Manfred said like during his tenure, eventually there will be expansion, which I love. And this change, I mean, this is a big change. Like this is huge. It really is. It changes the game. Like we're going to play every team at least once. It's kind of dope. Like, let's go. Um, And I do think it'll, it's softening, you know, rebalancing the divisions eventually Mm -hmm. i I think it's absolutely going to happen which is super exciting because you know they don't really make a ton of sense we've talked about it and yeah i don't know we'll see uh bob nightingale also um tweeted out that rob manfred says that reporters will now be permitted back in clubhouses just like before covid so that's sweet and this is awesome tim healy tweeted out mlb on here what so we have so much i know here I know it's been a lot. We'll we'll keep it moving though. MLB and the PA agreed to stage games or air quotes tours or quotes tours in the following places over the next five years: Mexico, Asia, Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, London, and Paris. I fucking love. Yes, that is so. uh, Baseball in Paris. Paris. That's so sweet. Paris sucks. It's cool to see, but French people are shit, and the and the cities, eh. Yeah. But just bringing the game globally, yeah. not just in the DR and, you know, Japan. some of the other. Yeah. And yeah, Japan to have it in Asia, Puerto, you know, Puerto Rico, DR, but London, Parrot, like truly. London's I dope. I'd go see a game in London. Which London, they already had the games in London, didn't they? I don't know if MLB has had games. I know, I know the NFL, NFL does, does, but. Yeah, but didn't wasn't it uh, in 2019? Didn't the Yankees and Red Sox play in London? Doesn't that sound right? I don't know. Almost positive. Twenty nineteen was COVID. No, no year before. Twenty twenty was COVID. Yeah, I think it was. I think I'm pretty sure they've played there. But I just bring the game to more places. Like do these yeah. tours, these these sweet thing. I mean, it it helps grow the game and and get new fans. Um, let's see. All uh, Jim Callis on. What is this? Still Thursday? Jesus. All this stuff came out after we recorded about the rules. All 18 non-playoff clubs will enter a lottery for the top six picks. So again, we created a draft lottery now. The percentage chances of each team getting the number one choice in reverse order uh, goes as follows. The number one team gets a, has a 16.5% chance at a number one selection. Uh, so does the number two and number three team. Number four goes down to 13 and a quarter. Number five has a 10% chance. Um, number six, seven and a half, seven, five and a half. Number eight, 3.9. Number nine, 2.7. Um, number 10 at 1.8. And then it goes through 18 and it, it goes all the way down to 0.23% for, you know, the the 18th club that didn't, you know, the basically the best team that didn't get in the playoffs yeah. has a, quarter of a single percent chance at a number one pick but i will say ba- you know, i feel like baseball is the one sport where having the number one overall pick doesn't really matter um like yeah you're still yeah, gonna get a yes very good no. player but at the same time you're not gonna see this guy for another four five three four years maybe yeah maybe even and, longer and at the yeah, same depending. time right you can you can find someone off the streets and they could be a fucking stud too you know what i mean so i feel like Yes, it's cool, and, and to say, yeah, I was number one overall draft draft pick in, in, in this draft class. But um, I think it really the number one overall pick is, I'd say, in all the sports, the least important. Yeah, just because of the impact yeah. of of 
the timing and you don't play like you said for a while. So now we're into a lot of free agent stuff and we'll keep this really moving here to keep it tight. Uh, we've said the most important stuff on Friday. Uh, so it took a full day before something happened. Uh, Carlos Rodon, who was non-tendered. Paul, you're going to love this. He was non-tendered last winter before he signed with the White Sox and played in 2021. He earned $3 million last year, and then he just signed a two-year $44 million deal with the Giants. Bet on yourself. Yeah. He was a dog. He he threw the toe hitter against us, where if it wasn't for that hit-by-pitch, he would have had a perfect game. He was also in my fantasy league. I picked him up on waivers, preseason waivers for free. And he put up like a two one two something ERA and threw a no hitter. So I loved that. You know, <laughs> he was incredible on my team and part of why I won back to back years. Whoops. Um. So yeah, good for him. Bet on yourself. You know, non tendered three million dollar deal, and then uh, Daddy got himself two for forty four. So twenty two mil. Yeah. Um, also on Friday, the Cubs found their shortstop. They signed Andrelton Simmons to a one-year $4 million deal. Andrelton Simmons is one of the best defensive shortstops to ever live. Um, I mean, he's literally just unbelievable. Not a lot in the bat. I believe he was with the Twins last season, kind of journeyman. So he'll be a good vet there and for next to no money. So good for him. Also, we learned Clayton Kershaw. Back to the Dodgers, the only place he should ever play. $17 million plus incentives, uh, one-year deal. And I believe the more innings he pitches, it goes up because obviously there's a little injury concern there. But we talked about this, you know, offline that he should never play anywhere else. Yeah. I mean, like, it's just wrong. It's like Yadier Molina. Yeah. Like, Kershaw should never be anywhere else. Saturday, um, I believe this was Saturday night because it was slow all day. The first lockout trade, or no, sorry, this was earlier in the day. Um, the first post-lockout trade was made. Twins traded catcher Mitch Garver to the Texas Rangers for shortstop Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. And also in that, uh, Texas sent uh, a prospect, right-handed pitcher Ronnie Henriquez to the Twins. And yeah, uh, strange Twins. Mitch Garver's a really good offensive catcher, you know, average defensive catcher. Uh, so big, you know, upgrade there for for Texas. But at the same time, you know, their shortstop. Um, well, they just signed Corey Seager to play shortstop yeah. for them and Marcus Simeon to play second. So, you know, they're doing all right. They got the best up the middle combo in baseball. Isaiah Connor falefa won a gold glove at third base, I believe, in 2020 or 2021. He is a de- defensive dog. Um, but that's just a placeholder deal. Um why don't you take this one? I want to get your opinion on this. Um, source third guy in deal is, is that was or sorry after okay. that. Uh, there From is Fox a tentative Sports. agreement in the new CBA that states if the All Star game is tied after nine innings, the game will be decided by a home run derby. I love that. Okay. Uh, um. Well, now baseball, baseball, the the All Star game used to matter. Because whoever won the All Star game had home field advantage in, in the World Series. Yeah, which was kind of ridiculous in hindsight, but well, I I, I, love, I really liked it because it made the All Star game matter. You know what I mean? Like it, it still gave the players a reason to compete, but at the same time, it was still fun. Now yeah. that it doesn't really matter, players just kind of go through the motion. They still compete, but it's not not as nearly as like on the level it used to be. 
at least if you decide it with the home run derby at the end, it's fun. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, yeah, you know, yeah, it doesn't count for anything. So, uh, I mean, give the fans what they want. I don't know. I, I saw some people getting Let upset Pete about this. Go but... out there and hit forty-seven home runs in a fucking all-star game. Yeah, he's a monster. So have some fun. You know, do what you got to do. It doesn't count for anything now. So who who cares? Yeah. Um, also on Saturday, uh, Yusei Kikuchi signed a three-year, thirty-six million dollar contract with the Blue Jays. Was front loaded sixteen mil this year, ten and twenty three, and ten million in twenty twenty four. He's a lefty who surprised the Mariners by turning down a thirteen million dollar option last year. But uh, yeah, I do it too because he just signed three for thirty six yeah. <laughs> for the Blue Jays. So the Blue Jays are now stacked. Three for I mean, 36, they're just building what twelve twelve mil a year. But it's front loaded because yeah. he gets sixteen this year and then ten for the next two years after. But they now, Blue Jays now have, what, Hinjin Ryu. They have Yusei Kikuchi, who's like a solid 3-4. I mean, he's got good stuff. They have um, the guy from the Twins that they traded, Jose Barrios. And they extended him. They extended him. Don't forget that either. And then they also have, they signed somebody else. And it's not worth dragging it on too long, but they signed somebody else because they got rid of Robbie Ray and they signed, was it Kevin Gosman? I think they picked up. I'm not sure. I don't know, but they got, they got somebody else. So that rotation is they're They're spending some Moy. Moy what, what is it? Denaro? I couldn't think of the Niro. word. I'm losing my Mucho Denaro. Moy is. Um, I know. I don't listen. We're running out of steam here. All right. Um, Josh Harrison signed a one-year, $5.5 million deal with the White Sox, so making a little upgrade there. I think they'll play second base for him. And then also New York Mets and Oakland A's made a trade uh, for Chris Bassett to the Mets. So the Mets now have literally DeGrom, Scherzer, and Chris Bassett, so that's not fair at all. And they sent some big-time prospects over to the A's who are in a fire sale right now to get that done. They are selling everybody off. Sunday, free agent reliever Adam Adovino, $4 million one-year deal with the Mets. So the Mets just bolstering, you know, the pen and the rotation, just going for it. You got that fuck you money. Um, so, uh, and we should have been in on Adam Adovino for $4 million. That That's unacceptable. That's not a lot of money. And we would, it'd be nice to have... We have so much young talent, but it'd be nice to have one just veteran guy to replace Brian Shaw. Like, just spend a little bit of money, guys. Also on Sunday, the Reds acquired uh, Minnesota Twins' top 2021 draft pick, Chase Petty, in exchange for Sonny Gray and Francis Paguero, who's a minor leaguer. Sonny Gray been tearing it up. Sonny Gray's a dog. So... Yeah, he is actually really good after he left the Yankees. He's been like one of the better pitchers yeah. in baseball on the DL. Him and so Trevor Bauer the Reds, ate it up during COVID season. Yeah, the Reds, you know, blowing off some stuff here and kind of re they're basically rebuilding. Um, get a top draft pick and give up Sonny Gray. Cardinals signed Nick Wickren, an old friend, uh, you know, to a one year deal for one point two million. So wish nothing ill. About him, you know. And he's going to our second team. Yeah, true. Um, 
And then on Sunday night late, this was something. They called it a blockbuster. The Yankees traded for Josh Donaldson. What'd you say? I was looking as it says. I was reading your notes. says start at the bottom. Oh. Yeah, because I I had to capture it all on Twitter in a screenshot. The Yankees traded for Josh Donaldson and shortstop Isaiah Kiner-Falefa and catcher Ben Rortvet for catcher Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela. So the Yankees get Josh Donaldson and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa and Ben Rortvet to play catcher, and they gave up Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela. Um the biggest thing here is that the twin it's kind of a match made in heaven a little bit. The Twins dumped Josh Donaldson's contract, who was owed $50 million over the next two years. And now and at that time, they thought that, you know, they would move Gary Sanchez and they didn't care about keeping him. We learned that's not true and that, you know, the Twins will have Gary Sanchez. Um, the Twins loved Ben Rod. What a weird Rort vet. Um they really liked him, but it was, you know, a prospect they had to give up to unload that money with Josh Donaldson. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's you got to move some stuff that hurts sometimes. And Bob Nightingale said that that catching prospect could have a prominent role with the Yankees. Um, and then just net, I think uh, net on this deal, the Twins saved $42 million. Uh, I think they're the Twins are going to keep... Sanchez. I think with the, you know, Gary's, yeah, with San, Gary's uh, pay or uh, salary, it, it nets out. They moved $42 million into the positive. Yeah. So they needed a shortstop. Um, the Yankees did. It's not the sexy move they wanted, but they have like a gold glove shortstop now. And Josh Donaldson, who's very intense. He's and and he'll, he'll fit. He'll fit in New York just Him fine. And, uh, Garrett Cole have had beef in the past. Yeah, because he called him out for using sticky stuff. Yeah, and uh, Garrett Cole threw at him. Uh, but Garrett Cole put out said that like, yeah, they talked to it. They once they made the deal, they talked about it. They came to agreement, and they're on good terms. So you got to do maybe what you got to do. Maybe there won't be any fist fights in the Yankees clubhouse. Gary Sanchez did did do an interview and said he was pissed off that he shaved the day before he got traded. <laughs> Because the Yankees have that rule where everyone has to be clean shaven and have like a, yep. a, a tight haircut and everything, and uh, I guess Minnesota doesn't. So <laughs> maybe we're gonna see yeah. how how shitty of a beard Gary Sanchez can grow. It probably isn't that great. Um, also, Sunday night DH Nelson Cruz because again, National League has a DH like they always should have. It's ridiculous. He gets thirteen million to go to. I'm sorry, excuse me, fifteen million to go to the Nationals. So kind of a weird move for a team that's blowing it up. Yeah, uh, that it doesn't make any sense. But I love it for Cruz because he's so much better than I you think, think he is, even though he's like forty one. It was like Nelson Cruz's first year in Major League Baseball was the year that Juan Soto was born. So <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. I believe it, hundred percent, man. And he's always I, I, he's been in my fantasy league the last like three years on my team. It's AL only, so now I can't. But it's because last year I was like, he's too old. Don't, don't, you know, don't go back to the well one too many times. You know what I mean, like that kind of thing. And but I, I, he was so low in the draft. I'm like, all right, I can't ignore him. And then he still hit. He still hit like two seventy and like thirty home runs for me. And I'm like, thanks, King. Um, so good for him. Uh, on Monday, Ian Kennedy, um, 
got signed to Arizona. He gets a one-year $4.7 million contract, um, and he can get another 2.35, which very specific numbers, with performance bonuses. Um, creeping so, up on two yeah, hours. good for him. I know. Uh, Brad Hand on Monday signed with the Phillies old on a one-year $6 million deal. What did you say? Old friend. Yeah, old friend, which... Philly's bullpen is always a disaster no matter who they add and adding Brad Hand to it is just like ex- like you know what I mean that's right on brand yeah. of like yep I do Brad like Hand Philly. will go there I do like Philly a lot they have my boy uh Bryce Harper so I, I kind of follow Philly but their their bullpen is yeah. a dumpster fire we also learned, and we mentioned it earlier, Fernando Tatis Jr. fractured his wrist during the offseason. Um, the manager said, A.J. Preller said, he's headed for surgery. It could be up to three months. Not good for baseball, regardless. We don't wish it upon him. So get better, but that sucks, man. Yeah. And then the blockbuster that took all the wind out of my sails. Uh, it was like early-ish afternoon. News that Matt Olson to the Braves from the top rope. And they got some serious prospects uh, back. The A's did. Christian Pache is a notable, like, all-around baseball prospect. I think he's an outfielder. Um, and then later, Matt Olson went on to sign, like, a freaking... Is it 8 for 180? I think it was something like that. 8 for 180 deal, which just makes this one so much more painful. Because, like, the fact you could get him and then get him to sign an 8 for 180. Like, you sign that all day. That is... People said Alex Anthopoulos, who's the GM of the uh, Braves, who pulls off deals like this all the time. Like, he has all these crazy team-friendly deals he gets people to sign somehow. Or, like, this dude knows where all the bodies are buried for everybody. Like, how in the world did you get Matt Olsen to sign that I want to think that, that this low? is just something we got beat on. That, that Atlanta offered more than we could. Yeah, so I actually... Um, Want to, it was brought to my attention from uh, someone that slid in the DMs that uh, has a source that said we were we were going to give up a lot for this, and we tried hard, and that needs to be noted. Like we we pushed the envelope, we we went for it. Someone else just outspent us on it, and and like that's life, beyond baby. reason. Yeah, but not like, I want to give him credit. Apparently, we did everything within reason, and we even did a little extra, but you got to draw a line somewhere, and the Braves crossed that line. And so, the fact that Freddie Freeman's not going to be in Atlanta. I know. Even though he was supposed to sign like five days ago, and he still hasn't signed with the Dodgers. Oh, can I get the breaking news? Breaking news. Not for us, but in agreement. Chris Bryant in the Colorado Rockies, seven years, $182 million. What the fuck? Why? The Rockies are such a terrible organization. <laughs> what are they money doing? Talks, baby. That's a lot of money. That's kind of less than I thought he would get, but also, right? 182 and sevens, 26 a year. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I uh... That's a big name off the board. Is, but we didn't need a third baseman, so. Well, left fielder, he plays a little bit of every. I think he'd be a left fielder. Yeah. So, low breaking news. Sorry about it. I'm not too terrible about that one. No, I, I never figured he was for us. But what, the, what are the Rockies doing? 
Um, Fabi Fabian Ardea tweeted out MLB announces the following experimental rule changes coming to the minors this year. A pitch timer for on-field timers will be used at all full-season affiliates to enforce regulations designed to create a crisp pace of play, with batters required to be ready to hit and pitchers required to deliver within an allocated amount of time. With runners on base, pitchers will have additional allotted time, but will risk automatic base runner advancement if a third pickoff attempt or step-off within the same plate appearance is made without recording an out. These rules were used in tandem in the low A West and in the Arizona Fall League in 2021 and led to a significant improvement in pace of play and reduction in game time of more than 20 minutes. I'm, I'm I mean, whatever. Be real with you, buddy. I say we don't get into all these. This is like an episode we can dive into by itself because we are creeping yeah. up on some time. Yeah. That's true. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll save this for another day. Yeah. There's some decent rules here. Plus, uh, uh, yes, sneak preview. This is pretty much what me and Quincy talked about on his on his show. Uh, so, little okay. cheap plug for that as well. Ooh, love it! Um, yesterday, Tuesday, Daniel Vogelbach, one million plus second year option for one point five million to uh, the Pirates. Just, said. just yeah, big. Lamoli said something about a gastric bypass candidate, and it made me laugh. Really yeah, but hard. here's the thing: don't fuck with Daniel Vogelbach. That moves that that man's big as hell and smooth as butter. True. Um, also, Pirates signed uh, reliever Heath Hembry to $2.125 million. This one hurt last night. Colin McHugh, uh, reliever, got two for 10. Um, and he goes to Atlanta. So Atlanta just, you know, continuing to, to push the throttle down. Um, we I would have liked us to be in on that. Check us out, 216 Baseball Pod on Twitter. Uh, got all kind. We had a long discussion between like five of us. Uh, about what the team should and shouldn't should and shouldn't do. Late last night, like eleven o'clock, Anthony Rizzo, two years, thirty-two million to the Yankees. That one hurt. That's completely doable money. Would have been a big upgrade to the clubhouse. Um, Yankees. It seemed like he was always kind of destined to go back there if they didn't make a giant splash yeah. in Freeman uh, or Olson. But we should. I hope we at least tried to play. Um, yeah, we'll we'll skip over some of these rule things. We'll go back to that. This morning, Saya Suzuki's deal. Uh, he was over Japanese league. He's an all star, not Shohei, but you know he's a big yeah. deal. Been waiting to see where he's going to go. Signs with the Cubs on a five year, eighty five million dollar deal, highest number for a Japanese position player coming to the MLB. Uh, in the second largest behind Masahiro Tanaka's 155 million with the Yankees. I wonder so, how much that is in yen. I don't know, but I'm you looked that up. Something silly, 85 I, USD. To but yeah. the fact the Cubs are there, I mean, good for them. You know, it's you know what damn. it is. Ten thousand one hundred and nine yen. Eighty-five million dollars. Ten thousand one hundred. It's got to be more than that. The yen is not. Two yen. Hold on. It is more than that. You I think it. I just typed in eighty-five, not eighty-five million. Yeah, it's so like, it's probably it's like, like ten billion one hundred nine thousand. <laughs> that feels right. Or one ten billion one hundred nine million six hundred forty-five thousand yen. 
That is a lot of yen. But um, it's a lot of yeah. Good for him. The Cubs. (laughs) (laughs) We can't say stuff like that. What? Um, It's a cultural thing. Yeah. True. Um, but yeah, the fact he goes to the Cubs, I mean, it's not just about money. It's kind of like attracting someone yeah. to a thing. So I got an outfielder. We'll see if Ian Happ or something shakes loose. Uh, earlier today, Matt Chapman traded to the Toronto Blue Jays, another giant, uh, batch of prospects that included, um, the a or the Blue Jays number 19th overall pick in 2021, their number four prospect, their number nine and their number 27 prospect. So, it cost him, but Matt, Matt Chapman, excuse me, is also like a two-time Platinum Glove winner, I think. I mean, he's an absolute third-base dog. Um, so pushing all the way in for, for the Blue Jays. Yeah. Um, Kyle Schwarber signed today with the Phillies just under $80 million. So it's like four-year four $80 million, just under $20 million a That's year. That's hurt my feelings. I mean, NL gets a DH, and I mean, we... As cool as it have been, we don't have room for Kyle Schwarber. Like what? It, we really just don't. We don't need another DH that's a defensive liability thing. And I love him, and it would have been cool. But also a little steep for a player that's just kind of a DH. So the NL obviously gets a brand new roster spot and can take advantage. And good for them. Um, Andrew Chafin, Chafin, excuse me, signed today this early afternoon. Two-year, $13 million with the Tigers. He is an elite reliever. He's the one with the big mustache ball yeah. on the athletics. Well, he's a free agent, but um, this one hurt. Unacceptable, in my opinion. You got to spend the money. It, it. He's as surefire as you can possibly hope for a reliever. He pitches like 70 innings every single year. Um, not a lot of money. And instead, we watch a divisional rival get better. And the Tigers, I mean... <laughs> It would have been nice to. There are very. There's basically nobody notable left in the free agent market as a reliever. So we watched the. We sat on our hands and watched the world move by without us. Uh, um, excuse me, Eddie Rosario back to the Braves. Two million, two years, eighteen million for a, a club option on a third year. Out of body experience in the playoffs. Go get it, King. I mean, it wasn't right yeah. for us, but it is what it is. Um. The Reds also traded Amir Garrett to Kansas City for Mike Miner today. So the Reds just dumping everybody, basically. And um, then Kansas City just signed like a couple hours ago, Zach Greinke, whereas where it all started. I think he was drafted by Kansas City and came up through their system, if I'm not mistaken. One year, $13 million contract. So they uh, they got Amir Garrett out of the bullpen, and then they're going to have Zach Greinke. So kind of a interesting deal i wouldn't want it for us necessarily but we're still gonna have to face zach granke now yeah um so the rest of the the rest of the league is getting better so wake up and do something so i'm out of steam dog yeah this was a long one it was there's a lot to talk about baseball's back sorry about it so from, from here on forward I'm not even gonna, once regular season starts there's gonna be a lot of less just overall mlb news and more just guardian stuff well, our our oh, yeah. bread and butter. So, uh, s- soak up all this MLB stuff while you guys can. Yeah, all this knowledge. So, hopefully, they'll make a big. If they make a huge splash, we'll be back for some bonus episode. Hopefully, um, but if not, we're gonna be back on Monday. I'm not even gonna ask if you got anything else. <laughs> yeah, let's wrap this shit up. Yeah, 
All right. Thanks for rocking with us, everybody in the live stream. Uh, make sure you check us out, uh, 216 Baseball Podcast on YouTube. And then make sure you go to Twitter. Uh, well, you can subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you know when we're going to go live. And yes, follow us on that Twitter. subscribe button, that like button, and ring yep. that bell so you get notified when we go live. You got it, man. You killed it. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at 216BaseballPod. That's where we're most active, and we'll always post and let you know when we're going to go live with new episodes. And if you like what you hear, please um, turn on automatic downloads, follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. Consider leaving us a review so we know that you're enjoying what you're hearing. And we will be back on Monday with a new episode and a couple spring training games to talk about. So let's go, yeah. baby. Guards up. Guards up, baby. Let's go.